This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, I, th- I think three is the magic number for this episode, lads. Three wins in a row. Um, you know, as, as some of our some of our listeners put in our three word reviews, uh, you know, an eight or nine point swing from you know, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, you know, the, the feel good factor in many ways is back, uh, Ross, isn't it? In terms of the club and the performance on the pitch. Yeah, you can you can you can say that, but the job isn't done, as we all know. And very much so. Yeah, we're not out of the woods yet, and it's something that we will touch upon later. Uh, Joe, how are we, mate? Yeah, I think we can rule out the late surge for the playoffs, but I do think um, I do think we're certainly in a better position now than we were two episodes ago. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, we we always said you know our home performance and these these couple of games before the April stretch are going to determine our season in many ways. And yeah, the, the lads have come out in one or three games, which I think even the most optimistic Don's fan wouldn't have predicted. Um, you know, coming into this, this those stretch of games. Obviously, you know, for the one that when you guys gave a free word reviews, uh, uh, not done yet. It's very on brand from Baz um, and the classic old Milton Keynes song uh, from from Samuel and Jacob. Uh, of course, it's a good feature as, uh, yeah, the, the cow shed for the first time in a long time was actually, actually get some atmosphere going for once, which are decent. And it's it's nice to get that back on board from last season also. But yeah, I mean, the actual game, um, again, you, you could tell you could tell both teams were down the bottom of the league. Um I thought on the day Dons were the better team for sure, um, and probably deserved the three points. Uh, again, I, I think similar to the Accrington game, uh, I think at times I'm I'm still still adjusting myself to from last season to this season. But there were times where I was like the quality could be better, but I thought the quality for the goal itself was actually really really good. You know, you know catching Morecambe in the high press, you know, a long ball over to Dan Harvey who he sprints onto it and plays a fantastic ball into Lecco who. Uh, it's the right man at the right time after coming back into the squad following his three-game suspension. Um, and yeah, the three points was ours, really. Obviously, there was, a chance, there was other chances in the game. Of course, Mo had the, the, the sort of deflected chance that uh, he maybe, maybe should have scored. Um, you know, zero big chances to create for Morecambe. They didn't create too much, as I'm sure Joe will get on to later. But, you know, overall, Duffy, um, another big three points that takes us even further further clear of the relegation zone and, and puts us in a strong position heading into a, uh, a tough stretch of games. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it there in terms of obviously it's crucial three points, um, but I think at this especially at this stage of the season it's more result over performance. I think you can obviously pick apart each each um, chance we had and say we could have done better with this. 
at the end of the day. Um, we're in a rut and we know we shouldn't be in this place, but we are. We find ourselves in, in the place we are for a reason. And um, at the moment, obviously, we're trying to get out of it. But just looking, obviously, um, on the game itself, I, I, I felt first half, um, normally we come out of the traps quite quick, but um, we, just, we just, for some reason, just try to settle in and... Um, wait for opportunities and it did obviously did allow Morecambe to have a lot of the ball. Um, but they didn't, as I say, they didn't really create anything with the ball. Um, but again, um, we took up, we took our chances and um, we made Morecambe pay, but that's, it's a bit of a weird one for me because I know I just mentioned about obviously the performance, but um, I do believe these, these last three results, if you, obviously if you include these, this one are a bit um, papering over the cracks as such. But I don't personally feel um, this defence or this attack will be tested until we play against a better opposition. But obviously, we did talk about this mini-league. Um, obviously, Jacko mentioned it. And we've came out on top so far. Um, but obviously, we, we're going to need point to grab points elsewhere. And that obviously means we, we, we're we going to play against better opposition, as I say. And... Um, this team um, will need to grab some against it. So, um, as I say, nine points out of the last three fixtures, I think um, you're pretty much spot on in terms of I didn't expect it going into these fixtures. Um, I would have happily took seven. Um, but, yeah, perfect um, perfect result and obviously three clean sheets. And, obviously, um, with the way the back line was, obviously, before Louis came back, um, we needed these last three results um, defensively. And obviously, we're going to go into this tough period and they will be tested and we probably will concede a few goals, but it's just, it, the defence really need to um, stand up and be counted, especially on Saturday against um, Wickham. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Aaron has had a caution there, Ross, in terms of the fixtures are, are very tough this month. I don't think there's an easy game in any of them, really. Um, I think they've all got their own little sort of... And of course, one of them are playing tonight against Sheffield Wednesday in Cheltenham, who even they are on a really good run of form and you know, could even upset a team who are trying to get out of this league also. So, yeah, it, it was vital to get those those nine points out of nine, Joe. And I think overall, I know you, I know you were a bit more positive on the performance than me and, and me and Duffy were, but give us your thoughts on the game overall. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with the, <clears throat> with both the Cambridge and the Accrington ones, I think it was very, it was very much a solid game from us. And I think it was... One where again that we weren't threatened at all. They had one shot on target in the whole game, um, and then they hit the woodwork. But that was again, it was a shot from distance. And I think you know we had their keeper made some some saves. How many saves did their keeper have to make? Was it five? I think. I think it was yeah, five or six. Had, yeah. yeah, their keeper had to make five or six saves uh, to keep it at one nil. Um, and I thought that we, you know, so we asked questions of them, and I think that given we didn't. If we didn't have that goal um, from Lecco, you know, I felt that we would we had more in us to, you know, we started that second half well on top, and so I think in the second half we could have gone on to get if we didn't score that particular chance. I think there definitely was more in us, and it's the same with Accrington. You know, we didn't necessarily batter them and bat, you know, but I think we were so comfortable to just sit back and see out the game because Morecambe offered so little, quite to be quite honest. Um, and I think, um, yes, yeah, so it's opened up quite a nice gap with us now. And I think that, you know, Ross has completely 
uh, spot on to mention the uh, the defensive woes we've had recently. And I think just the back three we've got now, um, I know we'll speak more about it soon, but that just gives us the solidity and the platform that, you know, we don't have to go hell for leather and leave ourselves exposed. We can get the lead and just sort of see it out and try and nick something on the counter. And, we, you know, we, I think we still were threatening late on in the game on the counter-attack. So I, I think it's just been three professional wins. I, I don't think it's been ones where... But I, I, we've had the better chances in all three games. We've restricted the opponents to, you know, it's not as if we've been lucky, I think. it's um, We've restricted the opponents to next to no shots in those three games. Um, and so, yeah, we haven't blown them away, but I think it's just been professional and um, we've done what we needed to do, which is uh, really pleasing. And there's just an air of calm and maturity around the team. I mean, you look at that, that goal um, that we scored um, on Saturday, it was Josh McEachran and Dan Harvey who combined to then put the ball in for uh, Jonathan Lecco. And we've been talking about these key players that you know we, we expect to be performing in League One and they just haven't. And you know, in the last few weeks, I think the experienced and, if you want, proven players have really come to the fore. And um, yes, well, I mean, it's about bloody time, really. Yeah, most definitely. We've been waiting a long time for... Yeah, of course, Elon has been injured, but the likes of um, you know Josh McEachern um, and quite numbers number of others in the squad to you know step up and put performances in. Um, and yeah, listen, there's I think a lot of teams would happily take three one ones at this point in the season. Um, I think any team in the league would really. And yeah, I think there's definitely an air of professionalism to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, get, getting on to Josh, I mean, I know there's a bit of debate on social media between Joe and. Uh, an EFL uh, journalist, I suppose, as to his performance on the day. But, you know, statistically, you can't really argue with it. You know, even, even non-statistically also, but statistically-wise, you know, an 80% passing accuracy rate, you know, with 80% of his ground jewels in the, on the day, his heat maps all over the middle of the park. Um, and, you know, and Joe, like, I don't know what else you can ask, really, of Joshua Ketcom and what he did. I think, you know, asking... Of course, the back line does all the credit they need, but having someone Josh McKechnie playing like the way he is at the moment is absolutely vital to keeping his clean sheets. Yeah, I mean, he played um, seven out of ten accurate long balls, uh, one of them being basically putting it on a plate for Harvey to then slide it across to Lecco. Um, he made five interceptions and nine recoveries. I think it's quite underrated how dogged and how much, how much he actually gets stuck in. And he's not afraid to, to hide in that midfield. And, you know, he, he's made 51 passes as well. Um, and, you know, under Manning, we, we didn't really see the midfield actually get the ball down and, and actually pass it around. And I know Morecambe actually had more possession than us, but I think that was more down to the fact that we were quite happy to sit back and just leave it, really, leave it at that. Um, so, yeah, he, he's just, he was there picking up the pieces. And then he was aggressive passing the ball into the final third. Um, 11 of his passes were into the final third. Um, so 51 out of his, 11 out of his 51 passes. Um, so one in five were into the forward line. And I think, you know, for a central midfielder, that's quite rare to have that higher ratio because so often you have central midfielders that go back to the defenders or just go play it wide. But he, he wasn't just playing it forward. He was playing it into the most dangerous areas. And I think, you know, that, con that was a massive contributing factor into why we actually had 15 shots in the game. And because we, we've had games before this season where, <laughs> let's be honest, I think we've, we've had single digit shots in the quite a few games this season. Um, so, yeah, no, really pleasing to see. And um, 
him and Mago and I think Magoma being there has given him a bit more license to do that. Who I thought Magoma, he, he Magoma almost sweeps up and then McEachern distributes it. So it's a really good mix. Um, and then Magoma's also, you know, he, he busts the gut to try and get in in there on his own, and he actually passed it through to Mo Mo this week, didn't he? Um, for a little he good, did, yeah, good chance early on in the game. Um, unfortunately, Mo couldn't do any better with it. But um, another quick note, just on Mo while I'm talking, mentioning he was really peed off to be coming off at you could tell he was really annoyed and I like that like people might think oh stroppy but no it shows well, he actually gives did, a damn yeah. it shows he gives a gives a damn why would he be stropping about you know if he's stropping on the bench and you know no he's stropping because he, he wanted that goal he was desperate for that goal and I think his work ethic since Mark Jackson's come in I think Mark Jackson's maybe told him look you need to because you know we 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 know what Mo was like before. He was good good player. He worked hard, but maybe you know he might have gone down a little easy or something. God, he, he gets stuck in. He throws himself around and he 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 triggers the press. He starts the press off. So, you know, I think Mo. He, he I think he really really was desperate for that goal. Um, and but you know his work off the ball just really set the tone for the game. I think. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Paris actually, because here, here again, like he didn't get the particularly fantastic rating on SofaScore, but his game was fantastic also. Um, and the combination of him and him and McEachern worked really well. You know, not only did he have a higher passing accuracy than McEachern, eighty-eight percent, but the two key passes also, the one mentioned to Mo was being one of them. You know, and his his work on the, on the ground jobs as well is I think is absolutely vital, uh, Ross. And I think I think those two in the midfield, um, particularly well, Josh in this case, and he's at the feature, but Paris also. Uh, work quite nicely, aren't they, as a duo? Well, you just look at the the key performances this season, Oxford away. I was just having a little thought about it. Josh McEachern, man of the match. Um, well, what was the other game I was thinking? Um, Pompey, Pompey away, uh, Bristol, Bristol Rovers away. Another one, Josh McEachern was at the heart of it. And obviously on Saturday, I, I just feel like Josh McEachern, when, when we see Josh McEachern, the good Josh McEachern, um, he makes his team tick, and no wonder why we get we create. Well, I wouldn't say we create loads with him, but he controls the game so much more when he's in the side. But I think the issue of Josh McEachern is at the moment, and I understand the other side to what fans um, don't see, but it's his consistency in his performances. He there's just not enough of it this year, and he's been. Yes, you could argue he's been quite exposed, and the guy coming in, as you say, Liam. Um, has allowed him to express himself as a player, um, but I think, I think just overall, Josh, Josh McEachern knows he, knows he hasn't performed to the levels of last season, and you could say the same like a lot of the team, but um, of recent weeks, both of them, Magoma and McEachern, have have picked 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 the performances up as such, and um, I think the results follow that. Most definitely, I'm. I'm just, and I know Joe mentioned Pompey there. You know, he had a great game against Pompey also, and it's a very similar style in terms of like why he did well in terms of passing accuracy, ground jewels won, and covering the pitch. I'm just trying to find. Here we go. I found it. So, what is Josh McEachern's plus ninety in terms of points? So basically, FB ref do like a um, a plus ninety of like of like when the players are on the pitch in terms of team success. Admittedly, Josh McEachern's isn't as high as you maybe think it is. But I mean, it, in terms of net goals, we scored more goals on the pitch. Josh McEachern off than we don't. Uh, admittedly, it's, it's plus ninety, at minus point four eight, which isn't that low considering the rest of the squad. But 
it does kind of show the impact he has. I mean, Conor Grant, for example, his his plus his plus ninety zero point three three, so he's getting more points on the pitch when Conor Grant's playing, and we score plus one point two six more goals than when Conor Grant's on the pitch. So that kind of shows you the impact that not only Connor has, but I suppose with Josh in as many senses that the amount of games he's played this season in 31, ultimately we're scoring more goals on the pitch of him and we're only conceding half a goal less than maybe we should have already. So the the impact of Josh is there and funnily enough, Jack Tucker actually followed a similar trend also. Uh, uh, so does Tanai Watson, um, who, to be fair to Tanai, uh, we were all a bit interested to see how he would play in that right centre-back role. Um, I think the last couple of weeks he's gone to two, two I think two uh, League One team in the weeks, um, and you know he's, he's a bit of credit to be fair. I think I think on Saturday also you know he got three interceptions, two tackles, because playing a different role than he usually would at right centre back, uh, covering for potentially Anthony Stewart. Who knows? We'll talk about that later on. But Ross, in terms of in terms of tonight's impact, obviously the last couple of weeks. It, the stats show that he's done well, but in terms of the eye test, do you reckon he's passed it at that right centre back role? I think it's a bit of a weird one because tonight, um, obviously, we see him as a wing back. Obviously, since the change of formation and him slotting back into that, that back three, I talked about obviously McEachern getting exposed. Um, I just feel Watson, we know it's similar to Dan Harvey, really. We know defensively he's got the capabilities of, of, and the awareness of, um, the responsibilities as as a centre half, it's just going going forward as a wing back. We we questioned it up a lot of the time last year. If when he did play, obviously when Kane Kesler Hayden um, came in, he was obviously injured. But my point is, you can tell that defensively he he is a really good player. It's just his his decision making in the final third when he did play as wing back probably wasn't up there as. Well, obviously, I know he was playing alongside obviously Twine and all these other players. So you could you could argue, obviously, their intelligence was a lot higher than his, etc. But I just feel overall, all round as a player, he he looks a lot more suited in that in that right centre half spot. But at the same time, again, these last three games, yeah, we haven't conceded a goal, and you can look at ratings all you, all you want, but I do feel like that's the the ratings is quite flawed and if you look at sofa score or foot mob because of as soon as you keep a clean sheet you're above a seven and a half rating or seven rating that's that's the issue with them sort of apps but um again i'm not i'm not taking anything away from tonight you can look at his aerial and um his his jewels on the floor he's he's matching his opponents at the end of the day but again similar to tucker similar to louis Next couple of games is where I'll I'll start start to tell like, oh, are they are, are they really a starter in the team next year sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that was the one complaint I was having tonight in terms of going forward for me. He especially this season he wasn't actually doing much for me, and hence why I think the cries for Henry Lawrence at the start of the season were maybe maybe not justified, but at least for me they were somewhat warranted, um, especially how we probably were attacking wise, but. Yeah, I think since coming into the right centre back role, especially I know I know you got to take into account who we're playing uh, very very much so. And as, as Ross mentioned, I'm sure we'll find out what it's really about in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with the three clean sheets, Joe, and um, you know performances from tonight, especially that have been decent. Oh, absolutely, and and he's the person that you know you both know that I've openly questioned, uh, especially in that right wing back role. 
Um, I think he had some really good moments last season in that role. And um, even at the left wing back role as well, I think, you know, he, he really was quite versatile. But I think actually this right centre-back role in a back three does suit him quite well because he's, he's, he's maybe 5'11", 6 foot perhaps. So he can hold his own in the air. Um, and he's not, he, he's, you know, with a right centre-back role, you do go forward, but you're not expected to sort of, you know, dribble past three men and, you know, put crosses in, time after time, um, like you maybe would be at right back or at right wing back. And I think that suits him well. So, um, yeah, I, I can only applaud him. Uh, I think defensively, you know, at right wing back or right back, he, he hasn't been great, to be honest, this season. Um, so, yeah, to be fair, I think um, maybe the influence of Kai Kai as well has helped him. Just, you know, having an extra person there to double up um, and Lawrence on Saturday. Um but no, I can't, can't fault him really in the last few games. I think he's really grown into it. And I think Saturday was his best performance of all three, to be quite honest. I think he probably outshone Tucker uh, for that. You know, I think Tucker for me was probably the main man in the defence really for the first two. And um, tonight took over for the third. Um, and then Tink Lewington's just there, just calm and influence, just ticking everything along almost under the radar, really, because it doesn't, as you say, you know, Dean Lewington's influence doesn't show up on the apps or the numbers, as Ross was saying. It's not as, you know, there's not a science to someone being a good leader, is there? You can't say, you know, give them an extra point for that, can you, on, on the uh, <laughs> on the apps? But um, I think it's just evident to see um, with Lewington his, his influence on, on the whole team, really. And um, you can't really, you know, you can maybe say Conor Grant maybe got a bit knackered in the second half, but apart from that, I've not really got a bad word to say about anyone from Saturday. Other than, well, it weren't bloody 5 0, though, was it? Yeah, other than that. And yeah, I mean, of course, the match winner, Jonathan Lecco, um, you know, had a had a free match ban from his antics uh, in Lincoln towards the end of the game. Uh, came back in, of course, for the Sully Kai Kai. It was off, went off to Sierra Leone for the international duty. Um, and to be fair to Lecco, um, very, very lively, I thought, you know. His heat match shows all over the place. You know, he had a ridiculous amount of shots considering he's playing the right wing. Uh, I think took took the uh, the shooting away from Mo, to be honest. And maybe that's a good thing with the goal, of course. But I thought overall, you know, it, the club described it as a perfect apology, Ross. Um, and, you know, as you said, a vital three points that who knows what it could be worth later on in the season. Yeah, and he's, he's a permanent player of ours who obviously will be here next year. So obviously you want him to start obviously performing and obviously if that, if he's obviously learnt from that three three match ban then albeit um but obviously as you say he got he he won the three points on Saturday and I don't feel like um the fans could have asked much more from him to be fair. Yeah, I think I think that's all you can ask for really, isn't it? You know, right place, right time. Um, you know, sprint at the pitch with Dan Harvey to get on Saturday ball is uh is you know he, he, Literally, you, you couldn't ask so much more from him. He's basically just, it, it was basically right on the goal line. So, but no, it was a good performance from Jonathan, I thought, overall. Um, and yeah, here we are. And on to, on to the next stretch of games. And I mean, they're, they're a tough bunch, aren't they? I mean, let's, I'll take it, I'll bring them up now on my computer, but we've got so Wick away on Saturday, which is a big game. We've got Pompey on Good Friday, Derby Easter Monday, and then two home games in a week, Cheltenham and Charlton. Uh, and then a trip to to Fleetwood uh, in, towards the end of April. I mean, Ross, that is a tough stretch of games, isn't it? I mean, well, we always have the mindset of that we need to get nine points from these games, or at least seven, as you mentioned, to go into these games where we're probably not going to pick up a lot of points based off our record against top half teams currently. 
do you think your opinions changed since those those three games have happened against the relegation teams, or do you think that we're still going to really struggle against these the likes of Derby, uh, Pompey, etc.? Um, it's. I mean, the, the the next three teams are all fighting for playoffs, so you can say that obviously they're going to be a lot better than what we've faced, and that's no disrespect to Accrington, Morecambe, or um, Cambridge. Um, that's just because they've got better quality players and that's the reason why they're up there. But in terms of us, um, yeah, if, if I mean, it's just case of like um, when we go 1-0 down, so I know obviously it's a men- it was a mentality thing earlier on in the season. When we go 1-0 down, we just look a bit defeated and questions, again, questions will be asked. Obviously, we're playing at, away at Pride Park in front of, what, 20-plus thousand these players will feel the pressure and when they, and I hope we don't, but if we do go one nil down, it'll be interesting to see how these players actually learn from these past few experiences or few months. And um, as I said earlier, stand up and be counted, but just in terms of the difficulty of, of the re, uh, next three fixtures. Yeah, they're hard, but when, I still think we need at least what 45, 46 points this season. And um, yeah, we we can we can pick apart and say, well, we're going to win Burton, we're going to win Cheltenham, we can do this and that. But I'd I I personally take it a game at a time, and a draw on Saturday. I I, I mean, people people want to win that sort of game, and I, I do get that. But you've got to be realistic of where we are and way Wickham are fighting for the playoffs also. Um, but again, it's so difficult to say right now. Um. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting few months or few weeks as such, and um, let's just hope we're on the better end of it. Yeah, no, definitely will be a tough period. I mean, to be fair, I mean Wickham's probably about chances to get you know a decent amount of points. To be honest, yeah, we'll chat about Wickham later, but they're certainly not the team they once were with Ainsworth. I'll say that for sure. And you know, I I, I don't think I think Pompey and Derby and even Cheltenham are easy games at all. Um, I think Cheltenham, as I mentioned with Cheltenham earlier, they're, they're on a decent run of form and we'll see what they do tonight against Sheffield Wednesday. But Joe, what what are your what are your thoughts heading into these sort of run of games, especially with the the next three that Ross is chatting about? Well, under Mark Jackson, you know, we've we've gone to big teams and we've actually done okay in some of the games. You know, I think to Plymouth, we conceded three crap goals with crap defending but we we scored one and we probably could have had another one or two um i think back to sheffield wednesday we they hadn't conceded since october we go up there and bag two what lets us down the defending um and then you think you know there's a few games like that where we've come up against really good opposition and we've been absolutely shafted by the defending uh extra at home um extra at home two awful mistakes uh shrewsbury at home an awful mistake you know a lot of games it's been defense that's let us down and it just seems to have settled down now um i'm not saying we've cracked it and we're never going to concede a goal again but we're definitely on the right track um so i think if we can maintain the threat the counter attack threat with you know kai kai Lako and um isa why not yeah we definitely have a few points here and there for sure and as people uh, after the weekend saying we're staying up um, I think we're definitely on the way to. I wouldn't say we're there yet for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely opportunity to pick up points every game. And 
yeah, hopefully the lads can get to you know, the, the magic 45, 48 point mark, whatever it will be this season to uh to keep us in League One because anyone want to go back down to League Two, it's a uh, it's a really it's a, it's a pit down there, quite frankly. I'm also, I, I, I'd like to mention um, Morecambe and Accrington. A lot of their points this season have came against higher opposition. I know Accrington won away at Ipswich. Morecambe's home form, they 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 have got points against higher opposition. So when people look at these these fixtures and pick apart them and say that's that's that done, I, I wouldn't count their blessings if I was you because of. Let's let's be honest. John Coleman side, we know we know how tough they are to play against when they do get it going. And um, I know Morecambe, and this came out today that they're having off off the field issues. But let's let's be brutally honest. They've got a lot of fight left in them. Yeah, yeah, completely agree, mate. And yeah, say there's there's quality players in both those squads. Like they're not going to leave much to get motivated, in my opinion. And yeah, what while whilst uh, whilst pay packets are a bit if not being paid are an issue. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not that concerned for their for their sakes anyway. That they'll keep it going. Um, cool, lads. Before we get into before we get into Wickham and, and Saturday, which is a, is a massive game. Obviously, there was news came out today regarding a potential blackout of the blackout in terms of design potentially coming in and other parties coming in to potentially take over the EFL games. So. It'd be digital broadcasting of every single EFL game from the 24th, 25th season. Personally, for me, I know it'll be the same for you, lads. I'm I'm not that bothered from a League One and League Two perspective. Because you go to the games anyway. So that, that that's that that's, that's for a fact. So it's not gonna impact our experience on watching Dons because we go to the games anyway. And if anything, do you I mean, Ross, do you feel it gives would it, would it give like a League One team like say we're in League One a couple of seasons time, right? Do you reckon that gives us a bigger platform than Skywood? Or do you think it sort of harms the overall product of the EFL as well? I think it's de- detrimental to the EFL pyramid. I'm the complete opposite. I think Okay. I think personally, um obviously we I I I go for the football, but also I go for the social aspect. I go obviously seeing your friends. And obviously traveling around to uh, various cities and towns, and I just feel feel like some sometimes when yeah when 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 stuff is is poor um, with dons yes just seeing your mates on on the three pm or just seeing other people and chatting dons at the bar no matter whether you're they're your mates or not um, we're just chatting them to chatting to them at a full time or half time or before the game just about dons in general. Um, I just feel like this just completely wipes it out, and everyone then has then everyone ha- then has a reason to say no. Look, I'm going to save my money because of again we're in the we know what crisis we're in at the moment, um, and we know through personal experiences, transport, trains, buses they're not cheap anymore. And I'm sorry, but let's just say it's it's my, minus one. We've got Fleetwood Way on a Tuesday. Are you really going to be travelling up there? Of course you're not, because you've got DAZN. Me and you, right. Russ, might be, because we've got nothing better to do. <laughs> you, you, you've got DAZN. You've got DAZN showing it. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it could work out on Tuesday nights, but showing it at 3pm, well, especially for clubs like us who try and get the locals in, they're going to think, well, wait a minute, it's on TV. I can just sit in my armchair and have a, have a cheap, cheap, Buy a four pack and have a cheap, cheap afternoon in front of the TV instead of paying 
six, seven quid for a pint. It's yeah. just, it's more, more being wise to the situation. But at the same time, I just feel this whole broadcasting at 3 p.m., I, I, I think it's so controversial. Oh, wouldn't you say controversial? I mean, I think for me, as like, I, I, I'd like to think that regardless of what happens with the whole blackout situation, I'd still see your mates every single Saturday anyway. So that kind of thing for me didn't really impact it too much. No, but it's uh, not think... you I'm talking about. It's let's just say, let's just say I've got a different group of mates to you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I stopped going. And then my mates, my best mate stops going because I've stopped going. And it just has a yeah. knock on effect. And if, if his dad isn't going, they're not going to sit. Eat, with one another in the family family stand yeah. and it just has as i say a knock on effect and it's like dominoes it's it's just the club the clubs will eventually will lose out yeah and i, I personally think also that the zone will make the price so high for a season ticket to watch a game they won't even be like financially viable to do it anyway i think it'll honestly be like if we're lucky 500 pounds for a season if you're at, like very lucky because the EFL charge £10 a game now uh, for like midweek games or whatever, for like Easter holidays or whatever. But Design will charge at least 20 quid for a game. Like, there's no way they're paying £200 million for a season or whatever it is and not charging £10 for a game. They'll charge way more than £10. I, I mean, Joe, well, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I think that what, in terms of the broadcasters, I think personally that the Sky are, Sky are an absolute disgrace in terms of League One and League Two. You get maybe one game a month, if you're lucky, of League One or League Two. National League has a, has a game, maybe even two games per week. Um, you know, they've got a deal with BT who show much more uh, respect to those to, to, to the National Leagues than um, Sky do to League One and Two. So, to be quite honest, I think um, there's definitely something that can be done there. I'm, I'm much more in favour of the um, zone if it means that, say, you know, we get a 12.45 game in League Two and then you get this 5.30 game in League One, you know, and then maybe the odd Sunday game if it's a derby that's on telly or something like that. That's how I sort of view it. Not In terms of the blackout, I personally think that the blackout for the Premier League should be ended because I think that um, the amount of people that watch Premier League games anyway I think it's just such it, how with how big the Premier League is and how cheap it is abroad, and obviously you know it's breeding criminal criminality for people buying, getting you know dodgy streams and stuff like this, you know. And I don't think that the Premier League being on TV will have an impact on the EFL. But I think that if you all of a sudden, as Ross said, if you're showing EFL games at three o'clock, then I think that's a different issue. So I think the blackout for the Premier League get rid of it personally. I think it causes more problems really um, than anything. But I think in terms of you know, more coverage for League One and Two. I'd love that. And I think, wouldn't it be, say, uh, you know, you pay £30 a month and you get access to all EFL games or something I like that? I don't think it would be that, mate. I think it'll be a per-game basis uh, no, or it'll be a whole the season. Zone, the Zone's whole model is built around subscriptions, though, right? Because they've got so yeah. many other goods, like goods and events and services they can sell you. So they've probably got an EFL-only package and then they'll have a package where, I don't know, you can access their boxing um you know they do a lot of the big YouTuber fights. So yeah, but you, I mean, you still you, pay. You, I you think pay Ross has already subscription. got subscription, haven't you, Ross? He, yes. KSI um, and that, yeah. You you pay your subscription, then you have to pay on the main event on top. So that's that, how that, they that's, would do it. That's on the, the big pay per view events. I don't think they do. You know, I don't think they'd make you pay per EFL game. No way. Because I think I, I think this where I where I stand with it is if they were they are they is the whole thing that they're planning to stream every game. 
every single game. Oh, right. Okay, right. I've, mi- I've missed the room there. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think I think it, if it was a Sky, if, it, if say we signed up to BT, and then you get every week, you get a 12.30 game, and then you get a 5.30 game, and then you might have a Sunday afternoon game, or you have a Friday night game, fine. Because, you know, then, you know, four EFL games on TV over the weekend, brilliant. At the moment, we get maybe a 12.30 championship game, normally West Brom. Um, and and it's West Brom or Norwich, isn't it normally? Or maybe Sheffield United if they're in a cup competition or whatever. But um, yeah, I think um, the, yeah the blackout not a good idea. Getting rid of the blackout for EFL teams, um, and I think more people want to support their local teams. To be quite honest with you, so there could be an argument that actually having a greater access, you know, a lot of people maybe don't realise that the standard's actually not bad uh, down at this level. And I think, you know, local football, especially if you look at the National League, you know, they've got a TV deal in that. You're getting, you're getting thousands and thousands of crowds at these games still, even the ones that are being televised. So, you know, I think there's, you could argue it both ways and say that having yeah. greater exposure and a greater platform means more people stay interested, more people become interested. If there's nothing else on TV, I'll stick that random EFL game on. And then, you know, they might like the team and be like, oh, well, my local team's playing next week. So, yeah, I'm very mixed about it. I don't think they should be showing every single game live in the UK, though, for EFL. But I definitely think there should be a bigger option and of games available to watch because, to be quite honest, it is a disgrace how few especially League 1 and League 2 games we get. Yeah, I think there's a good chance they do like club season tickets. That makes any sense, which is even worse, to be honest. I would I hate this idea, but you pay like a X fee for every single game this, that season and it goes that way. But yeah, yeah, I, I think overall I'm I'm less bothered than some, um, even, even on this call. But yeah, I, I think I think commercially for the lower leagues, it's interesting, but it's it's a, it's a really tough one to call, and it depends on how they actually market it. But knowing the zone, it'll be an absolute shit show, quite frankly, because that's what the zone is at the moment an absolute shit show. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wickham away, that's obviously uh, the, the Buckinghamshire derby, as it's also known. An interesting game, this one. Obviously, if, 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 if Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth was still in the job, I think it'd be a different story that we're chatting about this game. But obviously, with, with Don's recent form, obviously... Um, Bloomfield coming in after after Ainsworth swanned off the QPR. I think it's, I think it's a different game, Duffy. And I'm interested to hear what you think of Wickham at the moment and what what do you reckon Don's chances are. Um, in terms of obviously Matt Bloomfield, I'd, it was a bit, it's a very brave um, call or appointment in my eyes. 
but I understand it from a uh, obviously what he's done um, for the club, obviously being assistant to Ainsworth, and he knows the club quite quite a bit inside out and the current squad. But just in terms of his experience, I know obviously he went he cut, went Colchester and done all right there, um, got him a few results. But apart from that, he got he's basically been chucked into a deep end, and ever since he's came in, obviously. He's had to live up to the expectations. Obviously, Wickham want the playoffs. And um, I do believe they're slightly faltering as such. Um, obviously, they drew against Charlton. Um, and then they lost against Barnsley, who are no mugs in this league. And then, obviously, they lost they lost against Burton as well. So, um, yeah, they're, they're a bit, bit of a weird team. But um, obviously, from a lot of what their fans are saying, they're trying to get the ball on the deck, similar to us and actually try and play football. And obviously, from past experiences, we've only seen Wickham play one way, and that's a long and direct physical um, approach. So I'm I'm actually really intrigued to see how they actually play, because obviously Sam Vokes is out this weekend, a massive miss for them, who's a bit of a uh, a bogey player for uh, against us. Um, and then obviously Gareth McCleary um, is rumoured to be out also. Um, so two massive misses, but they've still got a cracking squad. I know um, Joe Jacobson, he signed a new one-year one year extension. Um, I think it was yesterday or today. It might have been today. Um, but again, they've they've got um, Tavazzoli, strong centre-half, um, ex-Peterborough, plenty of experience under his belt, and his YouTube channel's annoying as... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then they've got ha- Halland um up top Brandon Halland up top and I just feel he he was ex Bristol and a lot of Bristol fans didn't didn't like him at all. Um but he, he seems to be getting all right on all right. Um Lewis Wing, another one who I like, um ex Middlesbrough, I believe he was, um champion championship experience, and he only dropped down to League One for obviously game time. Um so I wouldn't be um be surprised to see him start. But just overall on Wickham itself, um, it will, again, it will be a really tough game, especially at Adams Park. Um, and I just, I, for some reason, um, I just hope we we get a bit of payback for what they uh, put us through last year in the playoffs because it wasn't nice. Um, and um, yeah, let's just hope we can get the numbers up even a bit more because 660 um in the away end is pretty poor still. I'm hoping to be pushing that 1K mark and let's just hope it's a really good day out. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too, mate. I mean, Wickham isn't exactly the, the best place to go to, but it's, uh, yeah, obviously it's, it's, it's a local one for us. Obviously, if you're from London or Milton Keynes, it's, it's about an hour to get there. So, you know, we should be bringing at least a thousand really. So if you aren't coming yet and, and you can afford it, please, please follow the lads away from home this year. Um, I say last year we saw how powerful. What bigger it was. game do you want this season? It's... Well, there you go. Exactly, it's as big as it was last season. What, right, mate? So it's it's there you go. Well, yeah, um, for all different reasons, for our survival and to stop them getting playoffs. Let's let's give them a taste of their our own medicine. Yeah, I mean they're only three points off, and like and Bloomfield's record as a manager, you know, for Wickham, you mentioned about his Colchester record, but he's only won two out of six games he's managed Wickham so far, mm. and they were against Bristol Rovers, who are crap. And Fleetwood, who are okay, but not the right, not the best team in the world. So, you know, every decent team he's played, he's he's faltered really so far. As you mentioned, big players out this weekend in Vokes and McCleary. I think their front line is going to be really weird. 
I think you know, David Weeder and Hanlon will both play, but then you've got a mix of like uh, Chem Campbell, who isn't barking up any trees. Neither is uh, TJ Debar. Uh, it's, it's a really random bunch of random players outside of those core like McCleary's and Vokes and um, Hanlon. Well, they lost so the Starman to Bristol, didn't they? And of course, yeah, Messi went to Bristol City in, in January. Yeah. He was a fantastic player, arguably the best player in the league. Mm. So it's. Yeah, it's uh, they've had a tough season. To be fair to them, uh, obviously, to be only three points off the playoffs, still is still mightily impressive. Uh, they still definitely swan their way in there, especially if teams like you know uh, Bolton and and the likes of Derby lose a couple of games. But yeah, it's a it's going to be a tough game regardless. Um, and I'm interested to see how they line up. I mean, they're probably going to play in the four-two-three-one formation. Um, I think apart from his his very first game, Bloomfield, he's, he's stuck with that formation, and you know, the likes of Wing and and Scowen are probably going to play. And Lewis Wing is a really really good footballer, and um, definitely shouldn't be playing a league one football. I think it'd be a championship player next season for sure. If he keeps going on the trajectory that he is. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see Fisherman Don's perspective how it goes. Obviously, Silly Kai Kai is going to come back from international duty from Sierra Leone. Um, whether he comes back in is an interesting debate. Obviously, you'd, you'd like to think he comes in at wing back, but then where does the likes of does Jonathan Lecco stay up front? Uh, I think for the first time in in a little while, Ross um, Jackson's got some selection headaches to make, and it's interesting to see. I'm interested to see what you think he'll do. Um, I haven't actually thought about the selection, but I can see Connor Grant being taken out of this sort of fixture, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, to see, obviously, the same midfielders, obviously, McEachran and Magoma. I know, obviously, Devoy's been left out slightly, but I just feel, again, this this type of game, I mean, the the te- tensions can be high. Um, obviously, both teams, obviously, really want to win this sort of game, um, just for morale, um, squad, uh, fan, obviously, fans' purpose. I just feel, um, with a selection, I just feel like Conor Grant, yeah, he's he's very much a technical player. But um, again, at times on Saturday, you could tell it might just be just been because of he he ran so much and he was pretty dead on his feet. But he was getting pushed off the ball slightly, and I just feel um, just need that physicality, especially in this sort of game. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to drop, drop Grant. But again, it's it's easy to say that Kai Kai can come straight in. But um, as you say, for wing for wing back, it's let do drop do drop Lecco or do you move him on the on the other side it's so many questions and it's actually nice to have these sort of questions because of all season we've been asking for these players to step up and um the players are starting to answer yeah it's near the end but it's better late than never and um it's giving mark jackson a headache as you say yeah i feel like this type of game is, is going to get a max dean cameo um i think it's the kind of game that suits him um and as you mentioned if you have physicality in the last 30 um and maybe maybe let's say Connor to start for the first sixty, then bring Max Dean on to replace him. I just don't want to see Bradley Johnson start. <laughs> I just He's don't feel like he'd be able to match match uh, Wickham at all. No, I think I think it'd be very harsh to drop either <laughs> McEachern or Magoma. Uh, let's let's change the formation, of course, but I can't see either of those things happening. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Greg come back in. To be fair. Yeah, too fair. Actually, that's, that's not a bad shout. To be fair, on the little wing, yeah, go yeah, to up I, top, yeah, yeah, the, the goal machine this season, obviously, will Greg. <laughs> uh, but no, not, not that shout. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the NQ One Podcast. Um, 
Easter, obviously, next week. So uh, three games in, well, obviously, yeah, no, two games, sorry. Two games in a short span of, I think it's three or four days. So we've got opposition previews for both games, which would be nice. So um, actually we'll have uh, Hugh on from the PO forecast and then uh, a Derby podcast onto the show just to chat about their teams. Uh, two, obviously, two teams both going for the playoffs, so it's a massive one. Um, but until then, uh, and hopefully in Wickham, come on, you're on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.